Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I am delighted you are here and I want to dive in right away to a topic that the news is hinting at today, but it's not quite telling us how severe the situation is. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that two American states declared war on each other? Think about it. When was the last time that two American states, states of the United States, declared war on each other? Well, many of you are likely to allow your mind to go back to some time between 19, I'm sorry, 1861 and 1865, the American Civil War. Makes sense. Not true. The last time that two states declared war on each other was 1934. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. And it happened when Arizona declared war on California. And then, of course, the reverse occurred. So two, two American states declared war on each other in 1934. And what was the issue? Have any idea? Water. Water was the issue. And I'm using this to set up my brief little podcast here where I want to sound a bit of an alarm. I'm very gratified that many political leaders, both in the U.S. and internationally, listen to this podcast, many business leaders. I'm grateful for you. But I want to tell you that for those of us who are content analysts, for those of us who are trends analysts, it's very obvious that one of the looming crises in our world has to do with water. Now, this is not just true of the United States. And by the way, it's not just true of the Western United States, which is experiencing pretty horrible drought right now. It's happening the world over. And so let's just talk about it for a moment. There are solutions. There are things we can do, but we've got to get after it. And by the way, a lot of what shades us from productive direction in, in this topic has to do with discussions of global warming. Well, let me just for a moment lay aside global warming. I've given my views before. I'm not a denier. Um, there are absolute virtues to considering uh, the implications of global warming. But right now, let's just talk about water apart from that because that's the topic that often stalls discussion of water policy. People either believe or don't believe in global warming. Therefore, they're either going to get busy dealing with the water crisis we have in our world or not. And the fault lines fall down essentially between pro and con global warming. That's not going to help us. So I want you to consider some things just for a moment. Throughout the world, we are dealing with unbelievable drought. We are dealing with a decrease of fresh water, of potable or drinkable water. Uh, And it is a serious crisis in our world. Just consider the Western of the United States for a moment. The briefest of Google searches will show you that the Western United States is in a drought. That many lakes and reservoirs are dropping down sometimes to 10% of capacity. On average, about one-third of capacity. Uh, Already, 
uh, states are on rationing. They are concerned. They're not concerned that they're going to have the rain. They the higher increased temperatures of our time, uh, increases evaporation, and so you're having water crisis already happen. Well, people look in the West. They think this happens from from time to time. They don't take it that seriously, but it's very serious. For example, consider Lake Mead. Uh, Lake Mead is the largest U.S. reservoir, and it is right now at its lowest since the Hoover Dam filled it initially in the 1930s. It is at 35% capacity. Okay, so it's the lowest that it's been in just shy of 100 years. Now think about that. Well, let's put this in more human terms. That lake, Lake Mead, supplies Arizona, Nevada, California, and other states with water. Consider that. And it's at one-third capacity. In California, you've got two main reservoir-type bodies of water, Shasta and um, uh, another one. um, I can't even read my own handwriting here. Oroville, I believe it is. Oroville, have I got that right? Both are at one-third capacity. Now, these, these supply a huge portion of the population of California but they are one-third capacity. And the experts say they're not even sure that a good rainy season is going to fix what's broke out there. It might take a couple of years of rainy season, and since the temperatures are higher, more water evaporates. So you have lower water tables, you have more water evaporating, and you, of course, have challenges about rain. There's a great drought happening. You've seen the pictures. People have had to use trucks to haul, you know, Uh, riverboats and and haul other kind of family vehicles uh, off of their lakes because they couldn't just motor them off the lakes as they used to have done to other bodies of water, etc. They couldn't move them because the lake was too low. This is going on consistently. Now, this is happening throughout the world. I've I've done um, some work and and seminars by water institutes and so on. I am not an hydrologist. This is not my field. But I like coming to it as a non-expert because then I get to ask a lot of questions. This is how I often approach things in the world. And so I ask the experts. I ask about water. I ask about where water comes from. I ask what would happen if a certain country bombed a certain dam. I ask what would happen if you know, there was a drought for just one year. How many people would die? Would anybody die? Would we be able to recover? Etc. 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 And it's severe. It's severe in Africa as it all, almost always is. Uh, It's unbelievably precarious in the Middle East. I won't get into detail right now, but there are places in the Middle East that where if a bad actor decides to bomb, meaning a bad acting nation decides to bomb a certain um, dam or bomb a a certain waterway or shut or take possession of and shut down uh, a certain dam and, and, and control the water, thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even ultimately millions could die. That's how precarious water is in our world. Well, I mean, obviously we need to pray for rain, but that's not the, 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 the main solution. And I mean, no, no disparaging of faith and prayer as I say that. Uh, we've got to get serious about technologies that will make sure that the world has the water it needs. Now, one of the most amazing things I've seen of late is an Israeli invention 
which simply sucks water from the air. We all know that even in non-humid climates, there's a great deal of water in the air, more so on the southern coast of Florida, uh, less so uh, if you're in uh, you know, the desert of Iraq or something of that nature. But still, there's water in the air. So the Israelis and other companies, I need to say, but the Israelis were the first to innovate, uh, they've developed uh, machines, basically, that they can put in villages that simply suck enough water from the air to give everybody enough water to live and bathe and cook and do the things they need to do. Pretty amazing. Obviously, one of the areas in which we need incredible innovation, we need to move much more rapidly than we are, is desalinization. We, we obviously have massive amounts of water in the world. As you well know, the world is by far majority water. And, you know, we haven't even explored the depths of the ocean. I mean, mankind could live forever almost if we just knew how to drink salt water. Well, some companies are leading the way, but right now it's slow, it's expensive, but it's very clear we need to go in this direction. We can't simply rely on rain. We can't simply rely on the hope, the possibility that temperatures will decrease and thus there'll be less evaporation in some parts of the world. We're going to have to have treaties. We're going to have to have desalinization plants. We're going to have to have militarily guarded pipelines uh, to help people. We're going to have to do a much better job with water. It's not going to happen with just shrink-wrapped cases of, you know, Avian or whatever, whatever water you like to drink. So we've got a serious situation in our country. And when I often say on this podcast that I am concerned that some of the goofiness happening in Washington, D.C. distracts us from more important issues, it's things like this I'm talking about. I'm no smarter than anybody else. I'm not better traveled. Well, I might be a little bit better traveled than some folks, certainly in D.C. Um, but I ask questions and I work on human relief situations and, and work in tough parts of the world. And I can tell you that what's looming is a water crisis for for the world, particularly some parts of the world. I mean, we may literally be in desperate trouble in the next year or two in Nevada and California. Well, that's this is the industrialized world. This is the first world. This, is, this isn't some desert country clinging to the edge of Africa. We're kind of used to those images, and I don't mean anything insulting or racist as I say that. The world simply has, uh, you know, distress uh, it just has stress burden, it's weariness, um, you know, uh, it's weary of, of, of the distress situations and the crisis situations they see on TV. But we are dealing with a serious water crisis in the world. And so it's time to get serious. Those of you who are in elected office, those of you who listen to this podcast, who are in DC, I urge you to take seriously that we're not just dealing with the California water crisis. We're not just dealing with a New Mexico or Arizona or Nevada water crisis. We're dealing with something that is serious and it's possibly going to be generational and it can be solved. There are desalinization plants off the coast of California, but very few of them and they move very slowly and it's very expensive but a better job can be done. We should have other companies uh, getting licenses from the Israeli firms that are developing this amazing technology for pulling the moisture out of air and, drink, and creating potable water. And we should, we should get other people working on that technology. It's serious. I'll tell you that one of the things we've got to do is have uh, people who are in public office working in better league with the scientific community. And the idea that science is lying or that scientists are just, you know, socialists in white garments 
you know, white coats. We've got to get rid of that kind of silliness, especially on the right, may I say. We've got to work together. We've got some serious crises going. Uh, it's not unsolvable. In fact, it's quite solvable. But we've got to work together. There are going to be people in our lifetimes, in our lifetimes, who may very well die of dehydration in first world countries if we don't get after it. And yet we can solve this. As I say, the majority of our globe is water. We just need to desalinate. But water tables are dropping. Increased temperatures are causing greater evaporation. Um, Odd weather patterns are not solving the problem. And by the way, a responsible country shouldn't rely simply on the the hope of rain to take care of its people. So let's get serious at the state level. Governors, governors, you, I tell you what, it's time for you to take the lead. I certainly have confidence in Washington to some degree, but I believe in federalism. I believe in, in governors taking and, and state leaders taking the, uh, the, the, the crisis by the horns and solving things at their level in a way that serves their people. So, salvation will not be coming from Washington on most of these issues. So we have a crisis. I suggest you read some of the leading books. One is even titled Water, and it's absolutely fascinating. I recommend that you uh, subscribe to some of the trenchant newsletters that are out there. But water is an issue, and you don't have to be a professional hydrologist to know that. It's an issue. We are going to have a serious crisis. Uh, We're going to have serious droughts. We're having them right now. We're going to have serious dehydration and sickness and all the things that come with it as a result. I'm not just trying to be dark. I'm just not trying to be negative. I'm trying to say, here's what's coming. Let's be wise. Let's be engaged. Let's work across party lines. Let's be in league, politicians, with the scientific community, etc. Universities, let's pump up our hydrological studies. Let's get people majoring in this. Let's highlight it as the crisis that it is. This is a brilliant place for university innovation and for patents and for creating some of the great geniuses in this field in the future. All right, we can do this. But we have to have a clear-eyed view. We can't do what we've done with COVID. We can't do what we've done with global warming. We can't turn this into a big political debate and let people die as a result. Let's get serious. And then this country, use some of our American common sense to save lives and build a great land. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.